Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm excited to share a conversation with Lindsay Capset, the Director of Customer Success for Schoology. We're going to be talking about the journey that Schoology went through as they added customer success to their company. This is a common situation for a lot of organizations right now, and Schoology is about four years into customer success. So I'm hoping that all of you who are listening can take away some approaches and advice that really help if you're considering adding customer success or are in the middle of that process. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. Before we dive in, can you give the audience a little bit of background on yourself and how you landed in customer success? Absolutely. I started my career as an educator. I was a third grade teacher and I loved using technology in the classroom. I wanted to merge my love of education and my love of technology and impact um, those two on a larger scale. So I moved to the ed tech space about eight years ago. Okay. I started um, as an educational specialist and project manager, and I learned a lot about the business world. I was really excited for free coffee and snacks on my first day at work. It really <laughs> threw me. <laughs> and I learned about just in general about the business and SaaS industry. Um, a few late, years later, I joined the Schoology team as an implementation specialist. It was almost um, a client success role back then. Okay. Uh, but over time, as the company grew, I had an opportunity to lead our customer implementation team, and lead our account management team. And a few months later, we made the decision to merge those two teams into an, a formal client, client success team. And so really, my mission from almost day one was to build out our, our client success organization. Schoology is the market-leading K-12 learning management system. Our software seamlessly connects instruction and assessment so that school districts can improve student performance, foster collaboration throughout their community, and personalized learning for every student. Every day, millions of students and parents, faculty, and administrators from almost 2,000 K-12 school districts leverage Schoology to advance what's possible in education. Yeah, so a little bit about our team structure. We divide our customer base into groups that have similar needs so that we can deliver services and really engagement models that are appropriate for each segment. Yeah. So we've divided our customer success organization into two teams because we know that it's not a one-size-fits-all model. Mm -hmm. We have a digital program that really supports our smallest customers. As you know, not all school districts have the budget for dedicated resources, but we know that it's critical to deliver support for our customers at scale. 
So through years of time with our customers, we got a good sense of their goals and their needs and their challenges, and we built a program and resources that our customers can engage with really at their own pace. Um, we've also got a dedicated client success team that's divided in two sub-segments. We have an SMB, type, SMB and enterprise teams, which are pretty common in the industry. Yeah, our SMB absolutely. team is focused on small to mid-sized clients, and they have around 100 accounts. And our enterprise team is focused on a high-touch model, and we work with our largest uh, school districts in the country. Yeah, I, I love what you guys do at Schoology. My daughter's in a school this year that has Schoology in it. It's made it really, I think it's great for the kids, but it's really great for the parents to just be able to see what's going on and communicate with um, kids better and teachers better and, and things like that. So I, I love it. Um, today, we're going to talk about introducing customer success into an organization that is already pretty well established in the market. You were there for the entire journey with Schoology, really, as, as they kind of transitioned into customer success. Can you tell me what you see as the pros and cons of starting with customer success versus introducing it after you've already got a fully operating organization? Absolutely. You know, we saw and really still see Client success is a critical part of Schoolie's maturation uh-huh. as we reach critical mass in the market. So we have a team dedicated to implementing and professional development. But over time, it was more than just a good implementation that we yeah. knew that would lead to successful long-term customers. Okay. At the time that we made this decision, we saw and, and we still see client success as a critical part of Schoolie's maturation as we reached critical mass in the market. Um, At that time, we had a team dedicated to implementing and professional development, but over time, we realized it was more than just a good implementation that really led to the successful long-term, led to successful long-term customers. So we were trying to build process and document and streamline and transfer newly onboarded customers to an account management team, and it just wasn't working the way that we needed it to. So we um, evaluate after our first year, and it was clear that that process was bumpy and driving adoption was something that really wasn't happening. Right. We needed to sustain a customer journey and partner with our districts and educators from the very first day. Um, the pros are pretty easy to outline. I'd say the cons, it was a major undertaking. We couldn't hit pause on all the work that we had with our customers yeah. and shift and reorg. We were um, implementing these changes in the middle of our busy season. Um, we cross-trained our teams. We had account managers who learned how to talk about goals and onboarding. And we had to introduce the topic of selling to education consultants. Um, we built goals and comp plans to drive the right behaviors. And we had to teach our, com- our, our customers what our new responsibilities were. Um, after we did all of that work, suddenly we needed a whole lot less process. Everything just started to make sense. We partnered with our districts. We had a, started having very natural conversations. There was less handoffs. Um, and we found so many places where we were duplicating efforts. And suddenly, we were more efficient. Yeah, that's great. I, I think, um, you know, the change management piece of, of introducing customer success midstream is, is the biggest part. And you'd really hit on that with, you know, having to teach your team's to do things really differently than they've done them before. And I think, you know, from knowing your team, a lot of people on the team came out of 
out of being in education. And I think that's a big change as well. So thanks for, for sharing you know, the pros and cons of that. I wanted to ask you about the team itself. So who were the original people on the customer success team? Where did they come from and how has that evolved over time? Yeah, absolutely. We had project managers and account managers. So the team was initially um, an implementation team of project managers and Uh a totally different account management team. And so prior to transitioning to the CS role, they really operated at two very ends of the spectrum and had two very different um, jobs to do. So I had, you know. Can I ask, did the account managers live on the sales team? They actually did. That was our very first step was we wanted to bring them from the sales team over to our side, but it just didn't seem to fit there. Um, And that was kind of one of our first inclinations that maybe we could merge them and this make this a hybrid role. And we didn't at that point even know what it was called. Okay. Yeah. My project managers were very type A. They were organized. They were efficient. They were great at checking the boxes. Yeah. My account managers were great at big picture and, and driving renewals and talking about ROI. And so we had to cross train them, get them to think differently about those things, um, and really reset the way everyone approached everything. We had a lot of whiteboarding sessions, um, but those two perspectives really molded together um, to make everyone better. Um, the common thread on that team was that, as you mentioned before, everyone was an educator. Um, They really understood education Uh and the role that technology can play in the evolution of education. Um, We had a group that was super passionate, um, and that proved to be more important than anything else. Um, Our number one goal, and it still is when I'm hiring, is that um, our customers are our number one priority. Along those lines, how has your hiring process changed? Are there things that you do now that you think are particularly effective? Technology is a great disruptor. So part of our job in client success is to make sure that we're challenging our customers to think very differently about the environments they're operating in. Um, When I'm hiring, I need someone in the role that thinks beyond simply making our customers happy. I think um, I look for the coaches. Mm -hmm. Education in general tends to be a slow-moving industry. So we push them to think differently about their tools and their processes, and they have to experiment with our product to help, and we help them do this. Um, The best CSMs help customers go beyond their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I think just outside that comfort zone is sometimes where the magic happens. And I always tell my team, it's more important to make your customer successful than to just make them happy. So I look for someone that can really do that. One of the best tools I used to actually improve my hiring was something I stole from you, but it's my must-have, should-have list. Um, I essentially made the rubric that we talked about, but it's a rubric that outlines the must-haves that are absolutely non-negotiable. I compared every applicant to that rubric and not to each other. Um, So it became very evident immediately who made the cut and who didn't. I shared this with my HR team, and they began using that same rubric rubric to evaluate candidates even before they were passed over to me. And it was just something that I could even give my coworkers when I asked them to evaluate a candidate as well. Um, It's been a great tool to help us be more effective in our hiring process. Yeah, I think in hiring, one of the 
big mistakes I see people make is to compare candidates to each other instead of to a standard. And that results in people comparing potentially two not so great candidates to each other and choosing the best of the worst. And, um, and then that ends up being a bad hire. So I think if you can um, have a standard that you've developed for what a CSM should look like for your team, and this is different for every company, um, but, but have that standard and compare people to the standard and that helps to prevent, I, I think, a lot of hiring mistakes. So I'm, I'm glad you adopted that. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute. Today, I'd like to talk about one type of consulting engagement we offer at the Success League. Customer success deep dives last between three days and two weeks and are focused on helping companies plan a customer success program tailored to their organization. Common deep dive topics include metrics and goals, hiring and compensation, customer journey mapping, and segmentation. Each deep dive session includes concrete deliverables like business models and annual plans that you can quickly put to use. If you need help with planning for 2019, a deep dive engagement is a great way to kickstart your efforts. Visit the consulting page on our website, thesuccessleague.io, for more information. I also want to mention StrikeDeck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple-to-use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now, back to our interview. So I know the audience would love to hear about how your processes have changed over time. How did you initially approach process design for the success team and how is that different now? The most dramatic change is really how we have decided to handle some of our smaller clients. You know, as I mentioned, when we started the podcast, we tailor our processes and uh -huh. actions to specific groups of customers because it's not a one size all uh, model. So we really needed to figure out how to handle a large quantity of customers with an optimized team to be cost efficient. So we focused on quality tools and automated communication so that we could flag behaviors to the CSM and be proactive um, and really focus our efforts and time on automation. Um, we saved the high touch model for our largest clients. I would say another big picture process idea that I've started implementing over the last few years at Schoology really speaks to our culture. Okay. Um, our processes are not a top-down mandate. The team works together to build a lot of process. You know, my, my team is in the weeds. The department is in the weeds. And sometimes they have insights that maybe the, our, our leaders don't always have. So I really like to engage them in the ideas and the brainstorming of the things that we build. Um, we are consistently looking at the lessons learned um, after renewal season or after our busy back-to-school seasons. And our team is really responsible for flagging process improvements and sharing ideas with each other to innovate and create a better experience for our customers. We get in a room and we brainstorm, and it's really a collective team and department um, operation so that we get better at every opportunity. It sounds like that's a really good team building thing as well. 
it, you know, it really is. The team's invested. They love it. And they're always bought in when they're a part of the process. Yeah, I've experienced that with my own teams when we've done goal setting together and, um, you know, looked at processes together. I think it's always a good way too for you know, people who are really creative or people who are looking to grow their careers in customer success to, to have a way to participate so that they can gain some of that experience. So um, kudos for you um, doing that with your group. I think it's a really good idea. How has your customer journey map evolved? Uh, has that changed over time? And how have you changed your approach to customer success and the journey? It's actually changed quite dramatically. We started okay. um, with an extremely basic model. It was as simple as how often should we talk to these customers and what topics bring the most value at certain times of the year. I think we really essentially had a calendar. Um, we've learned a lot from some of our amazing customers and, and have given each other a lot of feedback. So we're no longer simply bringing timely value to the customer experience, but we're building meaningful relationships and we're actively managing every aspect of their journey. Um, we feel like this one particular area has a huge impact in, in the finances and the value for our company. We saw an uptick in our renewal numbers this year. Um, and I really attribute it to the customer journey that we've built out. Um, so now even with our largest accounts, we automate what we can. We, um, we save our manpower and um, direct customer time for strategic and meaningful conversations. Um, we know there's only so much time in a day, so we rely on marketing and tools to share common themes and messages and updates so we can focus specifically on goals and outcomes. Um, one thing we're also really excited about is um, one of our newest company-wide initiatives. A few months ago at our Schoology Next conference in San Diego, we hosted nearly a thousand of our customers and we do this annually. Uh, we re released our formal customer journey map and we call it Schoology Compass. Um, the focus of Schoology Compass is for us to help our customers understand what best practices are as they evolve their use of Schoology. Um, we really want our customers to understand what the journey can look like from the day to day, from the day they start with Schoology and the pathways to success along the way. Um, I don't know about other client success um, companies, but we hear from our customers all the time. What is everyone else doing? And this should be a really <laughs> great answer and provide a lot of yeah. clarity around not only that, but just in general, what the best practices are so we can, um, or just in general, what the best practices are. I love that you guys are transparent with your customer journey. I don't think very many teams do that. And I think that, while you may not want to expose every touch point that you have with your customers, I think that sharing the optimal path for the customer to go down is is a great thing to do. And so it, it's exciting to hear that you guys are doing that. Yes, we're starting to road test it now, and we're excited to share this with everyone in the in the short term. So tell me a little bit about your tools. Um, you, you mentioned that you have some tools that you're using to automate things. What did you start out with when you first started your customer success team? And how has that changed over time? Do you have a vision for new kinds of things that you're going to be adopting as you move forward? I'd love to hear about any of that. We started out with spreadsheets. We had so many spreadsheets and we knew that it was really no way to live. It is no way to live. Um, so many teams start out with spreadsheets. That's often where people get started. So not uncommon, but not great. What'd you do after that? 
Um, we have always had Salesforce, which has been a wonderful tool, but it was not uh-huh. configured within our organization with a customer's health and their goals in mind. So almost two years ago, we implemented our customer success platform. It's fantastic. It integrates directly with Salesforce, and it pulls in critical data that we house there. Um, It really allows us to assign scores um, to critical indicators of our customers' health, such as their sentiment, their renewal status, and their adoption of our product. One of my favorite tips that I would share is that we created a rubric for CSMs. So they aren't operating and giving these scores out just based on a gut feeling or a reaction. Um, We wanted to really have a a level playing field so that when I as a leader or the team sees green, yellow, or red customer, we know exactly what that means and collectively how we should respond. I would also say that um, our customer success platform is the main engine behind all of our automation. We automate mass emails to our clients. Um, we generate CTAs or calls to action that prompts the CSM to perform certain tasks. We can send surveys and build dashboards and reports. Our CSMs would say that we could never do without a customer success platform. It's changed the way we do everything on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of different platforms out there. And, um, you know, I think it's important for a team to, to have one that is a good fit for their group and that that can really make a change. I mean, you can do it certainly a lot with Salesforce, and I think that's a great way for teams to get started sometimes, especially in early stage companies where they're still figuring things out. But at some point, it is helpful to switch over to technology that is specific to customer success. So it's it's good that you guys made that shift. Um how have the rest of the teams at Schoology really adapted to the introduction of customer success? Um, have there been any challenges? And if so, how have you overcome those? In general, I would say it's been absolutely amazing. We are extremely lucky to have a company that really values the voice of its educators. And so we operate cross-functionally with the customer at our forefront. I think that's that's our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, our department is really looked to to provide input into our product and um, marketing initiatives. And CS is a business-wide discipline for Schoology. Um, I think the biggest challenges initially was our interaction with our sales organization. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, when we became a CS team, we were given goals um, around selling. And that was something that was new to them and that was new to us. We had a lot of process changes that we we had to think through um, as we took on some of those objectives for the company. It's something that we're always continuing to optimize, um, but we've really developed a great deal of respect um, for our sales team and them for us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really strengthened our partnership, and we've learned a lot. Um, And they really value the relationships and strategic information that we can bring to their their opportunities as well. We have also made good progress in collaboration with our marketing team to ensure that we are creating the right assets for our customers as well. Got it. So Lindsay, if you get the chance to go through this process again with maybe a different company down the road, or if you ever advise another company's customer success leader on how to kickstart customer success, what would you recommend? Uh, What do you wish you had done or what do you wish you had done differently, which is always a fun question to ask and get answers to? (laughs) Do listen to your customers. I think this is something that we're great at at Schoology. 
we know that it's truly about them and their success. And so that's at the core of every decision we make. Our processes, the models that we build, those just simply help us focus on how we can do this in a scalable way. So no matter the tools, no matter the process, our focus is on the customer. Second, I think be open to change. I think you pointed to it earlier in the conversation, but um, I really had to manage our teams through the change. We had to constantly evaluate progress and our process, and we do that more than annually. That's something that we would, on a quarterly basis, try to evaluate. Um, We're constantly trying to be agile and adapt. And I would say to a customer success leader thinking about making this decision, don't be afraid to try something new. If you have good leaders in your place, your team will be on board. Um, But change management is absolutely critical. The one thing I would change um, is that can't be one size fits all from the beginning. We can't treat all of our customers the same. I think segmenting um, and building a customized journey from the beginning is absolutely critical. Um, We learned early on when we tried that approach is that one process will overwhelm your smallest clients and utterly underwhelm your largest clients. So it's tailored to their needs, um, their requests, and the behaviors you see from them. Most importantly, don't hold off or wait things, wait for things to slow down. Yeah. Um, go for it. It's it's gonna be a lot. It, hold on tight, but it'll absolutely totally yeah, be worth I, it. I feel like I've you know, I've been working with you guys for a couple of years now and I've gotten to go on the journey with you um, through your two of your busy seasons. And I think you guys have done a really good job of maintaining, you know, your sanity through those busy seasons while also managing a lot of change. And I I think that's commendable. Um, And I'm glad that you didn't hold off on making the changes just because you were in the busy season, because that happens for everybody. Yeah, It's tempting. It's tempting to say, we'll wait until things settle down a bit. And I think people mention um, slow seasons are not our busy season, but I really think in the industry that we're in, there's always a busy season. So Um, There's no time like the present. So we've made it to the last question. Um, What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? I evaluated this and I really thought through this. And my favorite topic is really around CSM selling. Um, I think there's a, a big debate out there on if our CSMs should be responsible for numbers outside of retention. Um, Would a selling perspective change the way that we relate to our customers? Um, And I think while it's true that dollar over dollar account retention is our main focus, I can tell you that our CSMs bring even more value to our our company Mm -hmm. when they're um, expanding our customers and when they're selling into that um, account. Um, If there's anything that our CSMs know, it's the customer's goals and how to represent and how to present that return on the investment. Yeah. Um, we're trusted advisors and it's so much easier to present a solution or a service that's tied to a goal or a question that's naturally come up. We, you know, we talked about hiring CSMs that have coaching abilities. They, they can push our customer to grow their usage and to try new things, which is really what sales is about. Um, my CSMs are very aware of our internal company goals and our customers goals. And it's easy to marry the two pretty seamlessly. The conversations tend to be natural and they meaningful and add a lot of value to the customer journey that we've built here at Schoology. 
I feel like getting a signed sales order is just the final step in that process. I agree. I, I think, you know, it's certainly different teams um, take different approaches to this. And I think that there are, are cases in certain teams where um, selling for one reason or another just doesn't make sense. Um, whether it's a time management issue or, you know, they already have too much other stuff on their plate or, or whatever. But I think that in especially high touch customer success functions, the, the person who knows the company, knows the contacts, knows the ins and outs of the account is really often best positioned to sell because they, they can talk to that customer and position things in a way that makes sense for that customer and aligns to the goals that they have um, and the business outcomes they're looking for. So, you know, I think for, for your team, that's absolutely the right approach. Um, I, I don't agree with the people in our field who are really militant that, you know, you can't be a trusted advisor and sell things. I think that if that were true, you know, consultative salespeople would never have sold a thing. <laughs> Ever. I mean, the first trusted advisor a yes. customer ever has is usually their sales rep. And so, um, you know, I, I just I don't buy into that. But I, I mean, I do think there are certain teams where, you know, it does not make sense to sell for a variety of different reasons. And and in those teams, you know, it, make, it makes sense. But it certainly is a hot debate in our field. <laughs> um, we have a blog post um, that I wrote on why customer success managers should sell. We have another blog post on our website about why customer success managers should not sell that was written by um, one of my um, favorite colleagues. So I think that, you know, there are pros and cons on either side, but I appreciate you sharing your approach to that. Um, it's great. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Um, thanks for sharing your journey into customer success with our audience. Your experience and your advice are incredibly valuable. I think it's super helpful for people to hear, you know, how somebody else has approached this field. And I appreciate your willingness to talk about what did and didn't work for your team. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I am happy to connect and share and learn with other CS leaders on LinkedIn. Cool. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. Mm -hmm.